Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, I'm Ramon Real heading to Epcot, and I can't wait to ride Three Carriers, because I bet you they'll close it down soon, right? Yeah, it's starting to smell a little musty in there. The animatronics never work. No, it's like, it's so short, but the line is so short, but then, like, I don't know, Coco's better. Ah, agreed. Do you know the history behind the Three Caballeros? They started when Walt Disney saved America single-handedly. World War II was going on. The Nazis were going to take over South America. And Walt Disney, he swooped in like a savior, like a dove from above. He was going to go to South America. Welcome to episode 232 of the Dis His Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. And I'm Chris. Today we'll be using his on Salutus Amigos and the Three Caballeros. We are recording live for our Groove Troop. They are watching in as we do the podcast live. They're commenting in this comment section, making fun of us, doing the things they do during live performances. Uh, mostly making fun of us, but it's all in good fun. If you want to be a, a Goof Troop member, which is what we call people in our Discord, you can head over to our link tree, which you can find on all our social media. And from there, you can go to our Goof Troop and you can be a member as low as $2. But if you sign up for more than $2 a month, you are then eligible for giveaways. We do, you know, pretty often. We did one from October. We're probably going to do another one for December. Uh, fun stuff like that. Uh, you can also head over to our YouTube channel, uh, Dis His Pod. Our social media is Dis His Pod as well. And uh, over on Linktree, you can also get to our Tee Public, which we do have Dis His merch. And from there, you can also go to our blog where we do have some people blog post. If you become a patron, you can also have access to blogging as well. Don't forget to send us an email if you want to hear from us at dishispod at gmail.com. We, uh, we have a very good, very good track record of reading your messages. So you're, do you, we? you send us an email. We do. Great. 100%. Wow. 100%. And if you haven't already gone and done so, please, if we've earned it, give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, podcast uh, platforms, uh, maybe even Yellow Pages. Just go outside the neighborhood and just yell to the yeah. heavens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it's great. A great way to do it. Just get over outside and yell, I love this podcast. That's how I found out about the podcast, actually. Somebody three blocks over screamed it, and I instantly looked it up. Here I am. Yeah, you knew how to spell it and everything. Yep. Um, tonight, we have a special guest. Well, I don't know how special it is if they're on more a lot they're often. Semi-special, yeah. Semi. <laughs> but we have, we have RJ on, and uh, he is on because tonight we're doing a, a special episode about, as I stated earlier, Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros, something... Very dear to RJ's heart. Welcome, RJ. Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Just got to say, since the last time I was on, you guys have had some really fantastic episodes. You had, what, Sarah from No New Friends on for Coco. That was super fun. Oh, yeah. Then you had Justin from Nerd Archive for Empire Strikes Back. And most importantly, you didn't have that guy with the horrible opinions about Kali River Rapids back on. So you guys have had some really awesome episodes. And um, I'll make sure to pay out that $10 to you. Uh, Appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you. I um, also should know, I'm pretty sure, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, Alex, I think the history you're doing tonight is the oldest history that you've covered on the show thus far. Really? Mark? I believe so, because Please. I don't know that you've done any Disney movies in the Golden Age yet, at least not until next month. And I don't think you've done anything before that time. So I think this might uh, be History cool. of Mickey Mouse. Mm, that's true. I thought yeah. I, I swear I thought we did the history of like Cinderella. Cinderella was 1950. No. We're in 1943 and 44 tonight. Oh, thank so you. One of the older ones, I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, if you didn't know, tonight we're doing the episode on Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros, uh, which occurred during a desperate U.S. government in the midst of the most widespread war in the world's history, coupled with his desperate filmmaker, one Walt Disney. It does seem to be an expected partnership, let alone the necessary ingredients to create two animated films, one of which is plastered over Disney parks to this day. Yet somehow, this electric pairing had reverberations that have impacted Walt Disney Company to this day. Um, RJ, you did the history on this because uh, you came to us and you said, I want to do Salutus, Am Salutus Amigos and Three Caballeros 
aka Walt's Goodwill Tour. And I said, uh, you do it. And you did. I think it's one of those things that not a lot of people know about, especially because the Goodwill Tour is something that you see a little bit about. Uh, at the Disney 100 exhibition in Philadelphia, they actually had some artifacts from the Goodwill Tour, which was really cool. Oh, wow. And that was something that was important to me because I remember ages ago, most people grew up re-watching Disney movies like Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, The Jungle Book. For whatever reason, I was always re-watching Mary Poppins, which is a classic, and The Three Caballeros and Saludos Amigos. Um, I don't really know why. I think it was because I enjoyed the different rides at Walt Disney World and wanted to see the movies based on them, and I couldn't find Song of the South, uh, which I now know why I couldn't find Song of the South, yeah, but I was able recent. to find The Three Caballeros, and it came with Saludos Amigos. So I remember watching both of those movies surprisingly a lot growing up for 1940s propaganda films. <laughs> don't don't know why you were impressed about the uh the goodwill tour stuff on on display at the uh the exhibit most of what i'm wearing is from my most recent goodwill tour <laughs> yeah i'm really i i love thrift shops i'm actually really excited to get into this history you're gonna be very disappointed my friend <laughs> i um i'm a fan of these movies saludos amigos and the three caballeros i've seen them uh recently i've seen them in the past uh more three caballeros than saludos amigos but I have seen both. Uh, Chris, do you like these movies? I have never seen them. I've seen clips. I've never seen them in their entirety. Really? It's not like you, not like yeah. you were told we're doing this episode two weeks from now, no, uh, two no, weeks ago. I feel like I should oh, you mention, cannot. for the past three episodes, Coco, Chris, I believe, did not remember who one of the characters was. Then we get to Empire Strikes Back last week, and I think, Chris, didn't you forget some of the events that occurred? And then this week you haven't seen the I don't think so. No? I'm pretty good at Star Wars. I'm pretty good okay. at Star Wars. Okay. And and I did watch Coco a week after we recorded. Oh, oh okay. good. So, so uh, the time traveling component should help you out there. Exactly. So. Uh, but maybe next movie we should do a group watch for all the Patreon members before recording oh, yes, the episode yes. to refresh everyone's memories. I know this doesn't have anything to do with it, but Chris, how was Coco? Oh, it was great as usual. As usual. It's so good. Yeah, I watch it every year. You do? Yeah, around Halloween. Oh, I put okay. It, okay, I put it on in the background. I don't sit down and watch it in its entirety. I, I put it on in the background. I do that ah! <laughs> every time the Oompa the Loco comes on. That was good. I don't know that I've ever seen Coco around Dia de los Muertos. I think I always watch it in the summer for whatever reason. Oh, fun fact, though, uh, about this. I, I'm going to buy this uh, sometime. Ryan actually sent me, uh, I think, I don't know if he texted it to me or sent it in the Discord. I think he texted me. A um, you can buy that print that we were talking about on that episode of the um, Muerto Mouse. Oh, really? He's coming for yeah, and it's signed by the original artist. Wow! Oh, wow! It's only thirty bucks. Oh, yeah, know. so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get deal. that for the. I know I'm gonna get that for my office. I think it'd be really really cool to display. Oh, that's nice. very cool. However, well, I guess instead of going to that uh, Latin American movie or the earlier Latin American movie, Emperor's New Group, we're going to Disney's first Latin American feature film. First ever. Now we have three real caballeros. Yeah! With three caballeros, three gay caballeros, they say we are birds of a feather. Let's get to his on Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros. No matter where he goes, it's one, two, and three goes. We're always together. <laughs> And we'll stay so, we're bright as a peso. We say so, we're three caballeros. April 9th, Norway invaded. The Battle of the Continent becomes Europe's total war. The year was 1940. World War II raged on in Europe, and with the United States entering the conflict following the tragic events at Pearl Harbor the previous year, five out of the six inhabited continents were involved in the conflict in some way. However, one continent remained separate and neutral from the bloody battles, South America. The United States government feared what would happen if the Axis powers centered in Nazi Germany were able to influence the South American governments against the Allies especially due to their close proximity to the U.S. Desperate to keep their southern neighbors on their side, 
the new coordinator of inter-American affairs, Nelson Rockefeller, asked some of the country's biggest celebrities for help with FDR's Good Neighbor program. These Hollywood notables were to include positive depictions of Latin American culture in their films, and some were even asked to be goodwill ambassadors to different Latin American countries. However, these meetings went so poorly that many governments actually became more soured to the United States. The U.S., even more panicked than before, turned to one of the most beloved filmmakers of all time for help, Walt Disney. It's important to note that Walt himself was concerned at the time as well, albeit for different reasons. Certainly as a well-known patriot, Walt hoped that his country would win the war, and was even contributing a series of short films in support of the American war effort, starring his most beloved character at the time, Donald Duck. However, Walt was also in dire need of filmmakers. With only two feature-length animated films finishing production and many of Walt's animators either fighting in the war overseas or going on strike, he was at a loss for how to continue making his films. And with the massive failure of Fantasia one year prior, money was starting to run tight in the company. He was $3 million in debt to the Bank of America. Despite Walt's hesitation in accepting the 1941 offer to make one trip of his own, he ultimately agreed, realizing that he could greatly use the money and knowledge gained to create some new movies. He put together a team of 18, consisting of 15 employees, two wives, one of whom was his own wife, Lillian Disney, and of course, Walt himself. Walt heavily researched the locations prior to the tour's beginning and started to assign each member a distinct job. First off, RJ, I love the style of history you put out the way you did the editing behind oh, it. thank you. You and Chris make me look so bad because when Chris did it, he did the same thing <laughs> with like theming and doing background noise. And all I do no, is just, I just record my voice. But, it's but a lot of work. All you need is your voice. Thank You're you. You're that good. I know. That's true too. That's true too. Um, this is really, really, first of all, yes, bravo, RJ, that was, that was, I really enjoyed Thank that. You. I'm probably gonna listen to it four more times before I go to bed tonight. This has been my pet project for way too it's long. It's really good. I, it's, uh, I mean, I just enlisted for the army, actually, after hearing that. I was, it really pumped me up. Um, <laughs> really? You passed the physical? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know I have a torn Achilles I I'm recovering? No, no, uh, not in this, is. Explain, yeah, not in this yeah, universe. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I'll explain it to you. Yeah, that's true. Um, really, really interesting uh propaganda at its finest am i right um i love the uh the swinging of the uh you know let's take employees in there let me i'll make my wife my uh my employee to do this this research tour in south america <laughs> i think that was such an amazing idea uh, tax loopholes even back then now have you guys seen the donald duck recruitment and army Disney shorts? No, I have not. Disney usually likes to sweep them under the rug because I think they don't like their characters to be associated with war, especially since Donald Duck was by far their most popular character at the time, not Mickey Mouse. Um, because Mickey Mouse, yeah, he was very Mickey popular. Mouse was seen as more boring, bland. Even Fantasia, the Sorcerer's Apprentice segment, which I think we'll get to Fantasia in a few months here. The reason that Mickey Mouse started in that is because Walt Disney was trying to bring him back. But mm. most of the yeah. World War II shorts starred Donald Duck, like shooting guns at people, fighting in the war. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's the iconic yeah. one, Der Fuhrer's face, which has Donald Duck at dreaming that he's a Nazi, seeing how bad Nazi Germany is. It's really insane stuff. Disney was all in on this World War II propaganda stuff for the U.S. Yeah, I saw, I, I've seen still images of the Donald in the uh, Nazi uniform, and I always wondered what that was from. It, it's not really easy to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's insane. It, it's such a strange short film if you ever watch it uh you touched on here that fantasia was a massive failure um can't wait to do the history on that because i grew up watching fantasia really i grew up I watching fantasia, fantasia yeah. 2000 i think was the one that yes. i that i grew up yes. watching it took me forever to um, watch that one actually I, i'm really interested interested to see why they would do another fantasia after the first one flopped so badly so i'm kind of i mean they all had find that what, out. 60 years in between them yeah, Which I, yeah, that is true. There, I don't know if we'll do Fantasia 2000 with Fantasia, or if we'll save Fantasia 2000 for a separate one because that has its own unique twists and turns. Yeah, really, really excited. I'm actually gonna watch that sometime soon. I just saw a clip today um, of the with the uh, I forget what it was called, but uh, with the flamingo doing the yo-yo. Oh, from uh, Carnival of the Animals from Camille yes, Carnival. Yeah, uh, yep. Fantasia 2000. It yes, would be really uh, fun to do. Have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater? 
Yes. Do a mystery mm-hmm. science theater narrating Fantasia since there's no voice. No words, yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. That, that would, would be, be fun. Look at that hippo. <laughs> so I love how they, uh, in this history, you're basically talking about how the, the forming of the Avengers. What, his, his team of 18? No, just all together. Nelson Rockefeller um, asked some of the oh. country. So Nelson Rockefeller was like, um, was like Nick Fury. And uh, was you know, going around the country to find these like high profile, just American heroes to uh, to help uh, not physically, but mentally, culturally, you know, that that um, uh, I don't want to say brainwashing, uh, but brainwashing. <laughs> Except all those people that Rockefeller recruited, with the exception of Walt Disney, actually did more harm than good for the most part, because if the South Americans felt that they were pandering to them. And they were right. like, what is this stuff? Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Interesting take for sure. Um, who, who better than the Walt, than Walt Disney to do something like this? So say something like this happens today, right? And we need to um, have somebody be the ambassador of America, I guess. Uh, who, who would we tap the shoulder of? Kevin James. Kevin James. No, that's, that was a complete joke. That's an interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a good question. Who would we? Who would we send to South America? I know. I think someone who's the masses not too toward. old. I th- like I think if beloved but too old. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I think the the easiest answer, if he was still living, would be Mister Rogers. Oh, of course. You know, but who is the who is the new Mister Rogers? I don't know. Uh, interesting to think about though. This year, did the history on someone I think potentially Bill Nye. Bill Nye, Bill Nye, Bill Nye uh, not not a bad answer at all. Bill Nye would be pretty pretty hard to. I I, I would think it would be like a Tom Cruise or something. You know what I mean? Like a, not a, America's a, Dad, Tom Hanks. Tom oh, Hanks. There we go. Yeah, Tom answer. Hanks. That's the that one. The answer. That's the one. Tom Hanks. Yep. Either that or yeah. you, Alex. Or Eddie Deason. Thank you. Oh, or Eddie Deason. Who? The kid from the, the annoying kid from the Polar Express. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've only seen that movie twice. Choo choo. Horrible movie. Great movie. The team flew to their first destination, Rio de Janeiro, separately, with Walt arriving last. As Walt spotted the iconic Christ the Redeemer statue and the picturesque Sugarloaf Mountain from the airplane, he knew that the Goodwill Tour had officially begun. It was mid-August of 1941 at this point, and although the group was on schedule, it wouldn't take long for hiccups to occur. The team's itinerary was mixed up, and as such, Walt, Lillian, and four other members of the group were stuck staying at a separate hotel from the rest of the team. Throughout this time, the team began to work on their films. Much of this work revolved around creating paintings of the sites around them and exploring the cultures of the different countries. In fact, Walt stated that he never even went near the embassy in Brazil. He chose to focus more on improving the public opinion of the United States. He delighted in greeting school children while on the tour, and as he had become a worldwide celebrity at this point, the children were ecstatic to meet a hero of theirs. Of course, Walt was required to meet with dignitaries while on this trip, and the team was invited to a formal state dinner party with the president of Brazil. While exploring Brazil, the team discovered the significance of the Brazilian parrot in the country's culture. As they started to paint and sketch the birds, an idea for a new character came to mind, Jose Carioca. The team went to beaches, art galleries, schools, and more, while performing extensive studies into the music at nightclubs and festivals and into the food and drinks found along the shore. One night in Brazil, a small band played in the background as the group ate dinner. Although the band's musical quality was certainly on the poorer side, Walt adored one of the songs that they played, Ari Barroso's Aquelaro do Brasil. He loved the song, and immediately met with the composer to include the song in one of his films. With the three-week tour of Brazil completed, the team next headed to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Once they arrived, they were greeted by a group of local artists at their hotel. The group was treated to authentic Argentinian music and folk dances, and Walt was enthusiastic about including these art forms in his films. Some team members even attempted to perform the dances themselves. One troop member recounted Walt's fascination with the solo dance, the Malambo, which would eventually be performed by Goofy in the Saludos Amigos film. Clearly, everywhere the team traveled, 
They made friends and were truly helping to accomplish the Goodwill Tour's original mission simply by being themselves, despite the language barrier. While at the hotel, Walt created a temporary animation studio to develop the ideas from Brazil and to begin incorporating the ideas from Argentina. Much as with Brazil, the team explored the local music and art in the city. Perhaps the most delicious piece of research was the many asados, or Argentinian barbecues, attended by the team. While at these events, they viewed Argentinian cowboys, or gachos, wearing their native gear and lassoing horses. As the team was watching the fascinating events unfold before them, they were stunned to see Walt approach them dressed in a gacho outfit of his own. They continued their scheduled meetings with dignitaries around these barbecues, and reportedly completed very little work at the temporary studio with how busy they were exploring the country. So it seems as if these movies were a product, an accidental product of this Goodwill tour. Am I getting that correct? Not necessarily. When the United States government originally sent them on, they funded the tour, but they also promised to give a certain amount of money for five different short films. And so... The intention was always to create some films, especially because Walt desperately needed money for the films at this time. However, since they had so much going on, it seemed like they kind of got distracted. And they were like, oops, sorry, we forgot to work. Yeah, definitely not, not a byproduct, but definitely a lot of stuff that inspired it for sure. Uh, when you watch them, I definitely definitely see a lot of that. Um, I'm trying to remember some of these some of these stuff that, that, that inspired them. Um, Jose Carioca. Um, from the Green Parrot, as I recall, as well as kind of all really the shores of um, Rio de Janeiro really inspired the final segment of Saludos Amigos that takes place in Brazil, which we'll get to in our fourth history. And interestingly enough, the song Equilaro do Brasil, um, which you actually heard in the background of that whole segment there, the composer Ari Barroso was brought on to help compose a lot of the score and background music for both Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros. So after Walt liked his song, met with the guy, the guy was essentially brought on to help with more of the music for the films to give it that authentic touch. That's really cool. Um, we, we mentioned the word pandering earlier, and I can't speak on behalf of the, the people of these countries, but it doesn't seem like pandering to me. Like It seems like, uh, like Coco, after the whole um, name of the movie thing it seems more of a celebration of their culture than it is pandering because they're making sure that uh it's accurate it's culturally accurate well, for you two, know two of the four countries <laughs> the two that we talked right, about so right. far the, the yeah. next two um were a little more controversial okay well i'm happy i got that out because now we can uh that was the happy part i guess <laughs> <laughs> so alex i know you've seen saludos amigos uh did you see any of the aspects that they kind of experience in those countries are you able to kind of look at the film in a new light based on kind of the background that the team had oh for sure just like just like we were talking about coco recently um when you find out that people will travel to locations to do history checks or do do information to look up information or actually speak to people about how the culture is uh you definitely can feel that in the movie um, and I just thought that because it's Disney that they would hire people on who knew that information, not that they would travel to a location, uh, and learn it firsthand, uh, pretty fascinating stuff for sure to do that. I like how they, um, they tried to not do the typical, uh, I want to say tourist stuff. They try to get, you know, in, in the, in, in with the culture and around what typical people would do, which is, but exactly kind of what kind of guy Walt was. Walt was very down to earth. You know, he was very uh, blue collar in the sense that he would get with the people that, you know, actually helped the community actually thrive. Uh, and that definitely comes through when you're watching things that he, he had a hand in. I think if Walt didn't have a hand in this, it definitely would not have been as good as it was. That's oh, that's I, easy I absolutely to say. agree with Walt. The vast, vast majority of things he did, he put a lot of passion into. And when it's something that he wasn't as involved in, like victory through air power, it's definitely obvious that that wasn't something that was Walt. It doesn't have that same imaginative mm -hmm. aspect to yeah. it. And it's a yeah, little for bit sure. disappointing. I, I definitely agree. Can you imagine Can you imagine just being a, <laughs> a small town band playing your typical music? 
And some guy comes up to me and goes, hey, I want to use your song for a movie. Oh, okay, cool. Who are you? I'm uh, Walt Disney. I could only imagine they'd be like, hey, uh, could you please like stop messing with us? Like, okay, you're American. So just because you're American doesn't mean we believe, we believe you're Walt Disney. Well, what gets me is that the band wasn't even a good band. Like the team right. originally said like, yeah, this band's music quality was extremely poor. And yet Walt still liked the music enough. So I'm sure if the musicians are that bad, you know, like they're, they're probably, as you said, out there convinced <laughs> they're being punked. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Soon, the time would come to depart Argentina, and the team split into four different subgroups, each exploring a separate location on their own. The story executives and landscape artists traveled to La Paz, Bolivia to explore the Lake Titicaca region, which led to a Donald Duck segment based around that high-altitude area. The character artists and animation overseers instead explored more of northern Argentina to further flesh out the gaucho research that the team had already started. A third subgroup, which included Walt, flew up to the Andes Mountains, while the fourth subgroup headed to Santiago, Chile, where the separate groups would eventually meet up again. Walt's journey from the Andes to Chile helped to inspire yet another piece of animation, this time about an anthropomorphic male plane making the same journey that Walt and his group had made. Finally, after a brief tour of Santiago that included meeting with more dignitaries, the team boarded a boat to make the final trip home to the United States. They departed in early October, bringing the total goodwill tour time to a full month and a half. After the exhausting, breakneck-paced trip, Walt relished the relaxing 17-day boat trip, and the team was finally able to gain some momentum when finalizing their story and animation ideas. As the team began to sort through all their different ideas, they decided that, rather than the five short cartoons originally suggested by the government, they would instead combine their ideas into two package films. Disney had previously dabbled with the idea of a package film in 1940s Fantasia, which included numerous separate segments with their own unique stories and characters. The team opted for this idea again, especially with the limited animation teams available back at the animation studio in the United States, and it was an idea Disney would continue for four more films after these through the end of World War II. Sadly, while on the ship, Walt received some difficult news from his brother Roy via telegram. Not only had the animator's strike been decided unfavorably towards Walt's studio, but his father Elias had died as well. After these pieces of news, Walt buried himself in working on these two films, and when the group arrived back in the United States, they were able to finalize the two productions, Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Chris? Um, did, did you do that on purpose? He talked about his father dying, and then he walked, buried himself in the next two films. That was so <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> RJ, burying his father, he well, buried yeah, that, himself. That was, that was very clever wordplay that I totally intended. <laughs> oh, RJ, and Roy cool. was burying the father Walt was burying himself <laughs> oh man <laughs> very motivational so I think it's interesting that you look at how generally respectful the team was about the Brazilian culture with Aquilado do Brazil even though they had Donald Duck and a new cartoon character they were really focused on the Brazilian culture mm-hmm. then you go to Argentina where it's focused on Goofy, not necessarily the most kosher. However, they're still very focused on all the details of gaucho life. Then they get to Chile, and they're like, let's do a story about a mail plane that's flying around. And then they go to Bolivia, and they're like, ha, Donald Duck is climbing a mountain with a llama. Like, it seems like they really stopped caring as much about the cultural significance and details after Argentina to me. I guess they less they stopped caring and more, maybe they just had so much already from the tour. Yeah, you know, it might have just been them trying to get a little too cute, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's let's let our creative minds go with, you know, uh with our let, let's let's lean more on our characters, I guess, instead of the, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, they maybe they just wanted to remind people it's a Disney movie. Let's let's shove Donald down your throat. Let's shove Goofy down your throat. Doing whatever. Actually, I I remember the animation about the plane. I'm 
I, I can see it in my mind. So I, I actually remember liking that one quite a bit. Oh, I enjoy it for sure. I think that was a good one. I think I think a lot of these are good, but I agree. I guess they kind of maybe they got. I mean, it was a long tour. Uh, so maybe they got kind of burnt out. I thought it Could was only be. a three-hour tour. It's supposed to be. Maybe, maybe they went hard the first week and then uh, kind of had to sustain themselves after that. It would be crazy for someone to... Because uh, when, when you're reading this history, you haven't read it yet, but you read about how um, eventually you say how they you know head back home. Uh, of course, when Walt got the news about his father, he wasn't able to jump on a plane and just leave. He had to continue what he was doing. Uh, in order to get on a plane and leave, that would have been... It's not as easy as it would be today. Yeah, to head home and then come back and finish what he was doing. It, it, it definitely wouldn't have been as easy back then. Oh, absolutely. And uh, too bad Pedro wasn't there to take him home. It's true. The plane. The mail plane. Oh, is that the plane's name? Oh yeah, yeah. Pedro is the name of the oh. little plane that flies around. Okay. Yeah. I totally, I totally forgot what the plane's name. No, that's was. fair. That's fair. He, he's, he's kind of, <laughs> he's not. I, I don't think I saw him in the um, 100 years of Disney little Once Upon a Studio. Oh, did you not? He wasn't flying around? Pedro wasn't cool enough to make it into the little video. He even got the news via Telegram. Can you imagine that? You know what's really nice about all this? We haven't talked about this enough, if at all, is that they're so rich that they just went there to do research, right? So can you imagine, like, Walt Disney talking to a friend and being, oh, yeah, I'm doing doing this Goodwill tour and we're going to do research down there to make a movie. Or we're going to we're gonna have to do research on these countries to make a movie. And the friend's like, oh, yeah, I have some books on South America in my house. I think, no, I think I'm just going to travel there to do my research. Well, the government did pay for it. Yeah, but still, like, you know what I mean? It's like there's plenty of literature on that stuff. There's plenty of film, I would assume, on that stuff, too. Now we'll just use taxpayer money to send them on down uh, to South America. I mean, theoretically, I think the alternative that the government was so scared of was what if the Nazis end up convincing South America to join their side? Because at this point, right, <laughs> out of true. all the allies— Russia was being invaded or starting to be attempted to be invaded by Germany on the Western Front. France has already <laughs> right. been invaded. Generally speaking, the United Kingdom was in decent shape. But even then, there was, of course, the bombing of Britain mm-hmm. by all of the German planes. And yet the United States was able to remain quite safe. No fighting at all in the United States because of that, you know, the Atlantic Ocean on yeah, one side, yeah. the Pacific Ocean on the other. Pearl Harbor is the only significant thing that happened because even then Japan's pretty far away. But mm-hmm. if South America gets in on the action and they're going against the United States, that completely changes the ball field because now that buffer is removed entirely. Abs- I think oh, absolutely. The United States was like, we don't care how much money it'll take. We are going to avoid all of the horrors of war that the other allies were experiencing. Which honestly is another funny conversation that had to be uh, that that had to be had was you have a Oval Office discussion. You know, what are we going to do to prevent South America from joining these, the you know, Germany and, and Japan and them? Um, why don't we send Walt Disney on vacation <laughs> down there? Why don't we just send him down there and let him figure it out? It is kind of, the, the approach was funny, but ingenious. Um, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... Um, that was such a uh, nice approach because you have the whole world on edge. And instead of taking a, um, a military approach or a really heavy handed approach, they just send the, the nicest person in the world down there to go meet with people and then celebrate, help celebrate their culture. I don't know. It kind of uh, it, even, even if the movies were never made, it's just kind of like a olive branch. Like, Hey, we're sending, we're trusting you with our, <laughs> with, with Captain America down there. You know, we we appreciate you guys. We want to share some of this with you. I don't know. I just um, I really cool, different, unique approach that um, that I, I you know history has shown that it, it paid off. Exactly on earth on this earth it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine on <laughs> Earth on Earth seven two five nine what happened? Walt Disney was the first prisoner. <laughs> it was I. It, he, he turned into Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. <laughs> I said earlier that we didn't know we didn't get to how he traveled back. We did 17 day boat trip. Uh, Could you imagine going on quote unquote vacation for almost a month and a half and then having to be like, okay, now I'm heading home. Oh, it's a 17 day boat trip. (laughs) Yeah, that was probably like in the fine, fine print. Like, oh, we're sending you to South America. Oh, that sounds great. 
uh, you are taking a 17-day boat ride back. I mean, it was basically required work time. Yeah, as you were just saying, Alex. Yeah, uh, I would get a lot of work done if I was if I was trapped on a boat for 17 days and your boss is like, so how's that uh, script come along? <laughs> oh, it's coming out good. Good, because you, you have nothing else to do. So get it done. Don't go to the mountains yet? <laughs> Imagine on, on uh, an alternate universe, Earth, uh, they, they send him back on this really nice ship. And they're like, uh, yeah, it's really, this really nice ship, the biggest ever ever to sail. It's called the Titanic. I, I knew where you were going there. I mean, there, there's another alternate universe where they send them in an airship, originally made in Germany. <laughs> we got to write a book. That's the rocket ship that they send them up into? What? <laughs> the rocket ship, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think Walt took cigarettes with him or he just bought South oh, American cigarettes? Did he have to buy cigarettes? I think people would just give it to him, right? You have to buy cigarettes when you're Walt Disney. I don't think it's a thing. I mean, Walt Disney had this very public image that he didn't smoke, even though he smoked a lot in private. He wasn't like Rod Serling constantly smoking on screen. In fact, Walt Disney didn't really like for the public to know that he was quite a smoker. And one thing that he said in a lot of interviews was that behind the scenes, Walt Disney is not what a lot of people view him as. And so one of the things that he often brought up was that, you know, he's not supposed to be seen as a smoker. He's supposed to be this squeaky clean American. Right, right. Not not supposed to drink publicly, things like that. Although it was very American to smoke back then, I feel like. Yeah, really. Yeah, like doctors were telling you to. It's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> the first of the two Latin American package films was Saludos Amigos. Released in 1943, it was the sixth film in the Disney animated canon. Despite featuring some live-action sequences filmed while on location in South America, and it remains the shortest film in the Disney animated canon, with a running time of only 42 minutes, barely a feature-length film. The film consists of four segments, one from each of the South American countries visited on the trip. The first segment features Donald Duck as an American tourist at Bolivia's Lake Titicaca. The second includes a young male airplane named Pedro delivering a postcard through the Andes in Chile, the third focuses on Goofy as a South American gaucho, and the finale introduces Jose Carioca to Donald Duck in Rio de Janeiro with a dreamlike sequence set to Aqualara do Brasil. The segments are linked together with a sort of documentary outlining the actual Goodwill tour and stands as a fascinating relic of the sights and sounds seen by the crew. The Pedro segment ironically angered some Chileans who saw it as a slight to their culture, and even led one Chilean cartoonist to create his own cartoon character, so his country could have an authentic character to adore. The second film that was released, The Three Caballeros, was released in the following year, in 1944, and was the seventh film in the Disney animated canon. However, it also featured some live-action actors appearing. The team was able to utilize much of the remaining footage from Brazil, as well as new footage the team filmed in Mexico on a brief stopover there. This film features far more animated segments made at Walt Disney Studios than Saludos Amigos, and its seven segments led it to have a running time about 30 minutes longer than its predecessor. These segments include the cold-blooded penguin, which features an Antarctic penguin named Pablo sailing to a warmer climate. The Flying Golchito, about a young gaucho who enters a flying donkey in a race. Bahia, about Donald and Jose exploring a pop-up book about Brazil. Las Posadas, about the nativity tradition in Mexico. A tour of Mexico on a magic serape with new Mexican rooster character Panchito Pistoles. And the surrealist You Belong to My Heart and Love is a Drug finale. The film also introduced the Arucoan bird to audiences with a storyline about Donald celebrating his birthday with a series of presents connecting the different segments. These two films were successful enough upon release to help the Walt Disney Company to make enough money to continue making films through the remainder of the war, and despite some lukewarm responses upon their release, they've gained a greater appreciation by many modern critics, especially for their unique art styles. Truly, the three caballeros of Donald, Jose, and Panchito have become an iconic symbol still seen throughout many of Disney's intellectual property, ranging from Disney Junior and Walt Disney World to cruise ships and the Disney Store. However, this legacy mattered little to the U.S. government and to Walt Disney at the time. What they really cared about was the political impact of the Goodwill Tour. As Walt said, 
When the Office of the Coordinator of Inter-American Affairs asked us to make Saludos Amigos, we had one purpose. To make a picture both Americas would like so that, in the end, they would like one another better. Well, half the world is being forced to shout Heil Hitler, our answer is to say Saludos Amigos. Pretty awesome quote there from Walt. Um, reading the descriptions of what Saludos Amigos is really brings back my memory of Saludos Amigos. And I really, I really did like this movie growing up. I love, I love the cold-blooded penguin, uh, uh, short, flying, gu- uh, Cuchito? A Gauchito. Gauchito. Uh, that's a good one as well. I think Saludos Amigos is a, a slept-on animated movie, for sure. Yeah, I think those, Maybe. yeah, because those two segments, cold-blooded penguin from Three Caballeros is the only time in all, I think, 61 or 62 Disney animated films that they've gone to Antarctica, bringing them all up to seven continents at that point, which is kind of wild to me that they haven't actually done a full film in Antarctica. I'm really excited to uh, to watch this. I didn't know it was only 40-some minutes or else I probably would have thought about watching it. I wouldn't have, but I would have thought about it for sure. Uh, Mary Blair was in this, huh? Yeah, yeah. So Mary Blair was one of the 18 people, and her husband were both brought down on the Goodwill tour. And so you can really see her work the most clearly in the Las Posadas portion, because it's got these individual stills that look a lot like what was seen in uh, It's a Small World and in a lot of her painting styles, the children there. You can even see it in the original Real del Tiempo, now Grand Fiesta tour ride in the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. There's a certain scene that feels a lot like that art style that's seen in that portion of Three Caballeros as well. Very cool. And uh, Mary Blair's husband, Lee, was also a Disney artist. I did not know that. I thought she was the star. I did not know that uh, her husband and then one of the nine old men, uh, Frank Thomas. Really impressive. Uh, I mean, you could obviously see where they, they put their heart and soul into this this project. Really, really excited to watch this. This um, I like some of these characters. I love uh, Gaucho um, oh, he's Goofy. Adorable. Oh, it's oh, so cool. Goofy. I like him in Gauchito. Yeah, Gaucho Goofy. Awesome. Uh, Gaucho Goofy is awesome looking. I love Jose. But you know what's funny is I always associated Jose with the parks. That's fair. I mean, here's the thing, right? So obviously we have Grand Fiesta Tour, which is probably the most prevalent place where Three Caballeros is. There's the meet and greets. And then even um, Disney Cruise Line, I don't know if they still have the restaurant, but at one point they had a restaurant called Carioca's that served Brazilian-themed food. So they had the kind of black and white wavy walkway that they talk a lot about in Saludos Amigos. Uh, It's supposed to feel like that finale scene of that film. And so that to me is really cool to see all of that representation for a film that I feel like most people haven't seen. I would say we're probably in the minority of having seen it, Alex. And I always I I get confused too with the tiki room too because they're both named Jose and they're both parents. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. so it's it's a little confusing. But so when I think Jose a bird, I think of the tiki room, but I also think of the uh, Grand Fiesta tour. So we've talked about getting rid of that ride at Epcot, and if we get rid of that ride and switch to Coco, we are really putting uh, Three Caballeros kind of to bed in that sense. Like if we get rid of that, that's kind of going to be like the final nail in the coffin of people not kind of remembering that movie. I would, I would think I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine with it. To be completely honest with you. It's a movie that, (laughs) well, no, seriously, because um, Walt Disney world at the end of the day is for families, but more importantly for kids. And are these kids going to, I mean, RJ, you're a uh, rare specimen. Are these kids going to uh, leave Disney world after their vacation? And tell their parents, I want to I want to know more about these birds, you know what I mean? And uh, with 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 Donald Duck and then watch watch um, uh, Saludos Amigos, you know, in the whole nine yards, learn more about that culture or you you re you retheme it to uh, reimagine it to Coco. And I can see a kid being like, oh, my gosh, that ride is amazing. Let me learn. Let me watch this movie more. And then they maybe learn a little bit of Spanish. They learn about Day of the Dead. So it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, it would be just getting rid of. Uh, Saludos Amigos, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I don't think there's a like it's a fun ride. It's very dated. 
And I don't think it's something that that people are going to go home and look into. Coco, I think people are going to go home and maybe watch Coco, maybe learn a bit about that culture. I think it's actually doing good outside the parks um, with with younger the younger audience. I'll also one thing that I'll add to that, Chris, because I do truthfully, as much as I enjoy these films for what they mm-hmm. are, I agree with you because despite the fact that certainly there are enjoyable aspects of these films, I don't know that we can necessarily talk about them without addressing that especially the Caballeros has certainly some cultural insensitivities to it. Right. There's definitely a lot of aspects about how some of the women are portrayed. The cultures are definitely treated with broad strokes. Certain mm-hmm. stereotypes are very much utilized, especially in the Bahia scenes and then in a lot of the Mexican scenes there. And so I think it's important to note that something like that, it's important to learn from, but not necessarily to celebrate those portions of it. So as much as we can love the characters, the film itself, I would state, is more of a piece of history to learn yeah. from. Yeah, it's nowadays. dated. Exactly. It's, it's quite dated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also worth noting that this film, interestingly, a lot of people like to talk about Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, even to an extent Song of the South, having combined live action and animation, something that Disney did all the way back with the Alice comedies. This film did combine the live action and animation as well, far before all those films that came later, Song of the South, Mary Poppins, Red Knobs and Broomsticks, including that wild and absolutely insane ending, The Love is a Drug sequence, that is still one of the hardest things I've ever tried to comprehend, and that includes 2001 Space Odyssey and Quantum Mechanics. <laughs> I, I was just, I was literally just looking it up because I was confirming that I remember it being from this movie, uh, Three Caballeros, of Donald kissing a live woman. Uh, in that scene, which is, and then the rest of the movie, he's trying to kiss every woman he can, which is like definitely dated, oh, as you yeah. said. Um, but it's just, yeah, they they di- went, they took something that people don't don't see. They don't see animated characters interacting with live people very often, and that really made it a unique film that came out during that time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, just like Solos Amigos did back then with the uh, spreading of of culture, I think Coco did a way better job at that. They both. Uh, portray the same thing all that south america and mexico's north america you're still learning a whole different culture that you might not be familiar with absolutely and i think for me the biggest takeaway from that movie and perhaps the biggest takeaway for audiences wasn't let's learn about the culture it was these are super fun characters because you later see them in mickey mouse review i believe they had a whole tv show on disney jr i don't know much about it because i was that was was definitely after my time Mm -hmm. um i mean if we were the three caballeros who would be whom Oh, I think Alex would be Donald. I, I would that. agree with that. Yeah. What's your best Donald <laughs> voice for Alex? I, I can't do a Donald impression. I've tried. It's it. I can't do it. That's okay. That's okay. What are the other ones? Jose and Panchito. RJ. In uh, 2021, a new Legend of the Three Caballeros show uh, came out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Pan- I'm Panchito. Oh, my Panchito. gosh. Panchito with the dual revolvers. Looks Panchito. like a, I uh, love Panchito. Looks like a level one hundred battle pass skin in, in like Call of Duty. They try to Panchito. kill him in the movie, and he survives like Rasputin. Panchito yeah. needs his own movie <laughs> for sure. Oh, Panchito is sick. Panchito is immortal. Like literally, Panchito. They try to burn him down in the movie because he's singing too long, and then he just straight <laughs> up doesn't burn. It's insane. Like, is he uh, also really fast? I think he is pretty fast. I guess yeah. that would make me Jose, which I guess kind of makes sense. He's got the nice suit. He's got, yeah, you know, looks real distinguished. On another podcast, I play a character called The Sophisticated Gentleman. So I guess it kind of mm-hmm. fits personality-wise. And you strike me as a cigar guy. I don't smoke. No, but if you we, did, we like you Disney definitely... We condone smoking, albeit what we've said about Walt Disney and Jose Carioca. <laughs> if, like, I could just see you posing with a cigar and, like, seeing, like, oh, that makes sense. You wouldn't look out of character just because it's, like, that's sophisticated with the little gold ribbon and stuff on it. Mm, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. And I can see you carrying an umbrella. Like one oh. of those long umbrellas that don't fold up. Like you you are definitely the type of guy that bring one of those like three foot umbrellas to like a restaurant or a party. Not one of the ones that you could put in your pocket. That's more of a more of a I statement piece for you. I, ca- I kinda want one of those umbrellas yeah. now. Kinda use it as a cane every three steps. Walk walk around Walt Disney World with the umbrella. When people are getting in my way, just kinda push the umbrella in front of me, just open it up, <laughs> make sure that all like all of the you know, people blocking my way aren't in my way. Yeah, I think it's a spot on uh, for casting. Uh, yeah, the the legend of the three ca- the, uh, no, le- yeah, legend of the three caballeros came out in twenty nineteen. 
it's an MA series that had had a uh, I think uh one season. So, didn't get picked up again. But it is newer and it came out with the three characters in it. So, highly recommend it. Just briefly, RJ, so we don't really watch these movies to learn about the cultures of these. That's that that's true. Well, uh what I'm I I know you're going to say like oh it's, you know, I don't want to be like not I, I'm not trying to make you sound insensitive or anything. I'm just saying like nobody watches a movie to learn about these cultures. Like nobody does. Um, but that's the cool thing about these movies that is that that's a product of watching them is you do learn about the, the cultures. And uh, I think Disney's a really good job at teaching you without even without you even knowing you're being taught something. Absolutely. I mean, that that's what why Epcot exists. Yeah, you're right. It was a staple in Walt Disney um, in his creations of everything and it's still true to this day really even more so now i think i guess we can't get rid of three caballeros the ride i think that we are probably actually gonna do that yeah, we can give out like little stickers or something with them on it oh I, they'll probably put an easter egg if they end up redeeming it to coco which i i'd say there's a 95 percent chance they redeem it to coco someday maybe there's like maybe the donald pinata still exists in the background or something yeah yeah there's gonna they're definitely gonna keep something in there it's been around for too long but not i think maybe the smell will stay no, no, no. And I should Best mention, as we're kind of closing up the history here and mentioning Grand Fiesta Tour, I think that's a special history for you, Chris, right? Wasn't that your first ever episode on Disney? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was back when I was only brought on for boat uh, boat rides. I was brought on for random games. <laughs> we all start somewhere, RJ. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. The Goodwill Tour Group became known as El Grupo after a bellhop continually called for El Grupo Disney at Hotel in Rio. At, sorry. Does, it, does it just mean the group? At a hotel in Rio. It means yeah, the Disney group. I don't know group. why this is a thing, but every single history page I was reading referred to them as El Grupo, which just feels to <clears> me <throat> like the most racially insensitive thing ever. <laughs> it, does it mean the group? It literally yeah. doesn't mean the group, Alex, yeah. I don't know why they thought this was a special nickname. <laughs> <laughs> now they'd be like, we're the group. They, they were like, oh, it's, really, it's so cute. They're going to sell Grupo. <laughs> <laughs> like El Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. government promised Disney $70,000 for the group's trip, on top of $50,000 each for the five cartoons. When he originally took on the tour, at the box office, Salutos Amigos and Three Caballeros made back all that money, meaning that the government had their entire investment returned to them. Walt heavily researched the locations prior to the tour and assigned each team member a distinct job. Chuck Wolcott focused on music, Larry and Janet Landsberg drew animals and characters, Herb Ryman painted landscapes and people, Webb Smith, Bill Cottrell, and Ted Sears developed the film stories, Jack Miller, Jimmy Bordero, Lee Blair, and Mary Blair worked on character development, and Frank Thomas and Norm Ferguson oversaw all the animation. Team member Jack Cutting was responsible for the authenticity of the films and the languages in them, as he spoke fluent Spanish and had previously been in charge of ensuring Spanish and Portuguese versions of other Disney films were accurate. Saludos Amigos is Spanish for Hello Friends. The Cold-Blooded Penguin is narrated by the great Sterling Holloway, most famous for his voice roles as such characters as Winnie the Pooh, the Cheshire Cat, Caw, and Roquefort. Jose Carioca, Donald Duck, and the Araquan Bird would appear in another Disney animated film, Melody Time, in the Blame It on the Samba sequence just a few years after the release of The Three Caballeros. Love Melody Times. Great movie. I love the Pecos Bill segment. We heard Disney think that's impossible to deny that the Disney Goodwill tour helped to show the positive exchange of culture between Walt's team and the people that they met on their journey. And the two films that came out of this journey exist both as relics of another time and as a fascinating peek into life in another place during another time. Are you looking for a magical experience? Look no further than Three Chicky Chicks, a Disney-themed candle company. They'll transport you to your favorite childhood memories. Three Cheeky Chicks offers wax melts, candles, diffuser oils, and room sprays, all available on MagicallyScented.com. And the best part? You can use the code DISHIS20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase. Immerse yourself in the world of Disney with scents like Polyjuice Potion, which is orange and mulled fruit blended with oak and patchouli on a base of sugared berries. Or try Once Upon a Dream, a magical blend of pears, peaches, and wild red berries mixed with water lily, apple blossoms, pear flowers, 
and jasmine from Basin Vanilla Orchard, Sandalwood, Coconut Milk, and Chiffon Musk. And don't forget the official Diz His scent, created exclusively for fans of the Diz His podcast. Three cheeky chicks candles, wax melts, and diffusers make the perfect gift for any Disney lover. So visit MagicalCenter.com today and use the code DizHiz20 for 20% off your purchase. Three cheeky chicks where every scent tells a story. Disney Cruise is no ordinary vacation. It's an adventure, a fairy tale, a dream. Step aboard and discover where favorite Disney characters meet fun for the whole family, where total rest and relaxation meet the ultimate escape and excitement, where a dream vacation meets a magical cruise. Only on Disney Cruise Line, where magic meets the sea. To book your magical Disney Cruise Line vacation, go to sandpipervacations.com today. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to DizHiz.com and on top, there's a link. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Next week on Diz His, we'll have Ryan on to go over the history of Liberty Tree Tavern, which, fun fact, to keep with the theme, there are no restrooms in Liberty Tree Tavern. The closest restroom is technically in Adventureland. And you can see someone go like, uh, uh, technically, the closest <laughs> restaurant's in Adventureland. I love how you're saying that out because I was the one who mentioned that before. <laughs> Do you want to plug your um, your thing first before we start talking about it so it's still... Uh, yeah, cool. yeah, sure. Okay. So additionally, before we finish out today, uh, I'd like to just very briefly talk about something that I'm doing with my good friend Dane over at Big Beautiful Diz YouTube channel. In the coming months, we're going to be starting a series of videos going through each of the package films, talking about the stories behind them, uh, what they actually involved within them, kind of talking about our opinions of them. Kind of a neat little combination of the big, beautiful Diz and the cases of continuity that I do over on my podcast. So if you enjoy hearing about Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros, stay tuned for Big Beautiful Diz. I'm very excited for that collaboration coming soon. Make sure you subscribe to uh, to Dane over at Big Beautiful Diz on YouTube. He's been killing it the last couple of, uh, the last couple um, videos he's put up. has been getting thousands of views. He just did a uh, Let's Examine This Song for When You Wish Upon a Star. It's up to 1,400 views. Just put it out two days ago. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's going to be released on Big Beautiful Diz YouTube channel? Yes, that will be on the Big Beautiful Diz YouTube channel. Awesome. Okay. We'll, we'll remind everyone when it gets closer to... And you mentioned, Ryan, that you have a podcast, correct? I do, yes. Thank you, Alex. So my podcast is called Cases of Continuity. So kind of like what I mentioned with working with Dane to dig into the history that helped to create the package films and the stories within them, I do a similar thing on my podcast. I take an extended film, book, or TV series. So right now, as I've mentioned on the show before, I'm working through the James Bond film series. I'm right in the middle of the Pierce Brosnan era right now, and then I'll be headed to Daniel Craig to finish out season one. So if you enjoy James Bond, feel free to join me on that journey there. Even though those movies aren't always the most family-friendly, my podcast is indeed family-friendly. And then stay tuned for season two as well, which we'll be releasing in 2024. I was going to say, when did you start your James Bond series? That started Three years in ago. July. So it, it's, <laughs> the, it's a 25 film, so it's like a 25-week series. Yeah, I had no idea really there were that long. many. I oh, had yeah, no idea. I thought there, there was like nine. So if you like this history in this episode and you want to hear more of RJ's voice and going over history, uh, definitely check out his podcast for sure. It's a, it's a it's a great time. Very similar style too. Yeah, especially if you love James Bond. And then I can't wait for your next season to come out. I'm, you've told me your future ideas and I'm very excited for it. Oh, thank you, Alex. Before we wrap up, I just a couple things I want to talk to you guys about. Um, not an official segment, but things I'm excited for, things I'm not excited for. That's coming uh, in the next couple weeks. 
Um, uh, things I'm excited for. Uh, the movie Wish. Oh my gosh! I, I listen. Oh, I listened to a f- uh, the songs that are that were released to the public, and this is the thanks I get by Chris Pine. Uh, is really fun. Um, uh, Welcome to Rojas. I think is another one. Really, really fun song. Have you guys listened to the songs yet? No. Oh, I, I don't like to listen to the songs of a musical before I see the musical. Me either. I don't know what got into me, but I did. And I, I, I started showing Emily, and she's like, turn it off. I don't want to hear this before the movie. Like, All right. And um, the, uh, the other thing that I'm excited for, had no idea this existed. I just saw the trailer the other day. Elio? Oh, by, Elio, uh, yeah. Elio, Pixar. Uh, Pixar? It's been pushed back, actually, quite a bit, I think. Oh, my gosh. And Alex is uh, no, no reaction, so he has no idea what I'm talking about. It's about yeah. – so these aliens come and want – uh, Earth's leader, and they abduct this little kid, Elio, and so they, so he has to pretend like he's Earth's leader in front of all these like these like council of aliens of the galaxy. Looks really, really funny. And don't and, forget the Marvels. Well, that's my next part. Things I'm not excited for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Marvels, really, like I have never been this unexcited for a Marvel movie since uh, Hulk in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this just is i mean i don't know brie larson i'm not a big fan of her don't haven't seen enough of monica rambo to even know if i like the character and i didn't love her in the show i i thought i think both of their acting falls kind of flat i have not been able to watch ms marvel yet uh but oh, she's so good great series she's great. the only one that i'm semi excited for i actually just read through uh the ms marvel like origin comics so I uh, oh, origin, although I know it's way different than the than the show. But yeah, I, I, I'm just not excited for this. And it comes out this weekend. I'll be at a wedding this weekend, so I won't be able to see it anyway. I'm going to try to see it Monday night. Um, it comes out this weekend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that shows you. I, I'm, I'm also very usually very on top of the Marvel news. Yeah, I, I, meet every every for release. Reason, I'm not super excited either. Like Ms. Marvel's great. I, I like quite liked Monica Rambeau in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. I don't I just I think for me it's not and maybe this is part of it for you guys as well. I've lost a lot of faith in Marvel. Like I'm loving Loki season two right now. Yeah, it's been I great. I love Guardians Volume 3, but Quantumania, Secret Invasion, Love and Thunder, like I'm really I don't have as much faith in Marvel as I used to. I think that uh aside from the two actresses that I said I didn't wasn't too keen on, I'm also not excited to see Nick Fury again after secret invasion like i'm just like i guess that's another character like i'm not i'm not excited to see any of these people monica rambo is a big nothing burger for me right now captain marvel i don't really like her as a hero kamala khan i i, I have hope awesome. for her she's awesome. I, have, I, have, I have high hopes for her but oh my gosh nick fury is like after that after that secret invasion where i thought it was gonna be like that spy thriller turned out to be like so many i left with so many questions in the worst way possible i didn't even have my only question i had was who greenlit this <laughs> it well was... i can't wait i'm gonna see it on opening <laughs> night and i'm gonna be wearing my uh captain marvel t-shirt and uh i can't wait i'm excited for goose you're gonna cosplay as goose alex <laughs> that's the only person Dude. i'm excited for yeah, I'm excited for Goose too. Yeah, Goose and Kamala. Cool. Goose and Goose and Kamala. Kamala. Is it Kamala or Kamala? Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. Because the vice president says it one way, and I think she says it another way, right? And yeah. I think they both they both correct people mispronouncing them in in, in the show and in real life. So, so if it, for me, if it was just a buddy comedy with Kamala Khan and Goose, I would be happy. I think I'd yes. rather see it. I ditched the wedding. <laughs> to see it <laughs> but that's all i wanted to talk about this week um thank so thanks rj for coming on and uh this was a fun episode if you want to watch us record these episodes live because like we said we record longer than what you listen to we're going on two hour an hour and 15 minutes this is probably going to be less than an hour long episode so there's plenty of stuff you're not going to hear if you want to hear that stuff join our patreon go to our uh Go to our social media, Dis His Pod, and go to our link tree. Join our Patreon. There you get a link to our Discord server where you can talk Disney with multiple Disney adults every day. We talk, we're talking in there. Um, and, you know, you get access to more Dis His stuff. If you subscribe for more than $2 a month, you get access to the giveaways we do as well. From there, you can get to our blog. You can get to our T Public for merchandise. Uh, send us an email, DisHisPod at Gmail. Send us, a, send us a comment on the social media devices that RJ actually takes care of for us. So if you want more interactions with directly with RJ and bypass us, uh, you know, directly message 
Go slide into his DMs. I'll sweeten the deal too, Alex. For anyone who joins the Patreon between now and the end of 2023, I will digitally send them a high five emoji. Whoa. Doesn't get better than that. All that stuff plus a high five emoji. You sure you can commit to that? I think I can. I don't, it'll be tough. I mean, I we'll see. People will have to test me on that one. They so. might start pouring in, and then you're gonna might you spread yourself a little too much. I'm scared. Down. I'm scared. But we won't know unless people join. So it's up to them. People are like my digital hand is so swollen from all the high fives. <laughs> it's like uh, Abe Lincoln. He shook so many hands uh, with one hand over the other that I think his right hand was larger than his left hand. <laughs> That's because he's an alien. So yeah, don't forget to go ahead and you know send us emails, comments on social media. Join our Patreon, all that good stuff. You know, you listen to this his from beginning to end. You know all the good stuff. And that's the his on Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. Yo soy RJ. Thanks for listening. Have a magical week. <laughs> <laughs>